Cody Bedford is a writer and director. Her credits include Mystery Road, Squinters, Troppo and Firebite. Her latest work, the ABC iView series All My Friends Are Racist, won an Actor Award for Best Short Form Comedy. Cody was born in Western Australia with strong family ties to East Kimberley. She graduated from the University of Western Australia with a Bachelor of Communications, gaining her Masters of Creative Writing from the University of Technology, Sydney. Cody represents a new generation of filmmakers breaking down stereotypes in the industry and challenging the status quo. I think my family just were always, like, it's that thing of, cup of teas, yarning. I would just overhear the adults yarning stories of, I guess, nostalgic stories of their youth. And I'd just soak that up. And I just remember writing it down and um, making short stories out of it. I still do that to this day. Like if I observe something, I make a short story out of it. And so I guess I just had a love of stories on both sides, collecting those nostalgic moments of mum and dad's youth and my uncles and my aunties and my nan and my pop. Oh, yeah, just writing them into stories. But also I had a vivid imagination. I did grow up as an only child, but I had a lot of cousins around me. And, of course, me being quite an introvert, I needed my space. So I just remember always being out the back, bouncing a tennis ball and just making up stories in my head just to have a little break from break from life probably and my cousins screaming around so I wasn't quite a reader which is funny I in later life I love books but it was me more generating the stories in my head because I'd just be overhearing yarns um later as a teenager I grew to love television like I love TV shows, particularly, I've been on record saying this several times and people are kind of bored of it, but Buffy really impacted my life because it was the first time, one, I saw a female protagonist kick ass on screen. Um, I loved that, but I thought, oh, I want to be Buffy, but then I realised someone wrote Buffy and that was my first introduction to screenwriting. And so I just studied Buffy scripts constantly as a teenager and I knew from then I wanted to be a screenwriter, which is kind of absurd for a like a 13-year-old kid living in Geraldton, like regional Western Australia. How on earth can I be a screenwriter living in this place where the industry is fishing and farming? Um, so I still pinch myself. I ask myself like every few weeks, like, how did I get here? I still don't know. Well, that's a bit of a disappointment because I was going to ask you that very question. I first of all have to say there is nothing wrong with Buffy the Vampire Slayer right now. So if anyone wants to take you up on that, I'm right there beside you. But I love this idea that there you are in this world where you would not have known anybody doing this kind of work and this is the dream you have for yourself and here you are doing it. It's so bizarre and I don't know if it's a spirituality thing or ancestor thing. Like I just knew, I always knew I was going to be a screenwriter. Even when I was off on my journey, like working in government departments or working uh, as a journalist, which, you know, informed my pathway into screenwriting. But it just, I just knew it was a sense of knowing. And still to this day, I just don't know why I had that sense of knowing, even as a teenager, like I said, I'm going to be a screenwriter. (laughs) 
Well, of the wonderful things that that's led to, of course, there is your body of work, which I want to talk about in a minute, but it's also meant that what you've done has made it so much more achievable and an option for the people who are coming after you that, you know, other First Nations people can sit there and look at you and go, actually, that is something I can do. I might not have thought of that otherwise, but that's what I want to do. And I was wondering just from your perspective, as you've come into the industry, especially because you've been one of the, you know, first most prolific screenwriters from our community, who have been the the supports or the mentors, the people who've been critical in terms of your own pathway for you? Like, uh, unfortunately, like, it's such a general answer, but we in the Australian industry, the writers in the Australian industry, are just so supportive of each other. So it only takes one champion. And I remember I started out really at the bottom, and the, traditionally the bottom is note-taking in a room where you sit there, you shut up, and you just take all the notes of the writers brainstorming and their ideas onto the board. Every now and then I'd pipe up because I'm a very cheeky person and go, no, that doesn't work. The, uh, can you imagine this? the note taker telling these senior writers that doesn't work? Yeah, that was me. And I think someone recognised that, and that was, person was Michaela O'Brien in the Mystery Road TV Writers' Room Season 1. And it just so happened there was a space for a script that they couldn't get a writer for, and so Michaela championed me to basically write the script uh, with the support of Bunya, um, a prolific uh, production company who've gone on to do amazing things. But this, I think, was their first TV show. Correct me if I'm wrong. Once I got that champion in McKaylee, my career kind of took off. All you needed was that one credit and to prove you could write. And ever since then, I've been so fortunate to just get great job offers and meaty Australian stories because ultimately I want to tell Australian stories. I'm very passionate about Australian stories and their mark on, I guess, our culture as a whole, as Australian people and Indigenous characters and Indigenous stories included in that and at that level. So I am very lucky I had McKaylee, but all through the course I just seem to be really supported by the writers around me. So even in series two of Mystery Road, there was Blake Ashford. He really helped me. I always go into a writer's room going, what can I learn out of this? How can I skill up? Basically, what can I steal from the more experienced writers and how they operate? And I take out basically skills from each one of these kind of legends in our screen industry. I have a harder time imagining you taking the notes and not saying anything than imagining you might have piped in from time to time, given how creative you are. (laughs) I was so cheeky and you don't usually do that. But of course, my personality, I come from a very, the women in my family, my mob are very loud mouth. And I remember talking to my auntie not that long ago, I was complaining about something. I was feeling down and going, oh, I just... I'm sick of speaking up. And she just said to me, it was such a profound moment. I can't believe even at 36 I'm having these profound moments. But she turned to me and said, Katie, you got a voice, you got to use it. And so that's my motto this year. What a great motto. (laughs) I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> my auntie's still growling me. <laughs> I was going to ask you, you mentioned the dynamic of being in a writer's room and I was wondering if you've worked on shows like Mystery Road and Squinters where you would have been one of a diverse number of writers in a room and then others like All My Friends Are Racist, which is very much a First Nations driven story as well. And I was wondering what's your reflection on what it means to be a First Nations person in a writer's room and what are the different dynamics you've experienced? I mean, I'm going to be my cheeky self here and say we are the best storytellers in the world. We just, I call it yarn carrying. We're just good yarn carriers and just good at telling a yarn. Um, I I was actually talking about this with writer friends yesterday in the room I was in and I'm a very what we call an inside-out writer where that is to say I come from characters and I go outward. I, I just love exploring character psychology. I'm very good at reading people, which I think makes a lot of writers good writers. I love, I guess, the question of what makes a person do that. And so for me, that's what I bring to a writer's room and trying to sort of unlock the character. Whereas, you know, there are other people I know, I'm very aware my weakness is I'm not good at like the big thematic plot points. I just leave that to other writers, like the action scenes or even getting a director to come in and make that more dynamic. But that's what exactly what I love about writers' rooms, about making a TV show is the collaboration. I really feed off the collaboration. I don't want to be the one to do it all myself. I love all the ideas being put on the table and me contributing a little bit to that. And I think we are so lucky in the time we're living in because finally Indigenous stories are kind of moving on from that looking back at the past. We're kind of now looking forward where we get to play with a bit of genre, where we get to play with a bit of comedy. It's not all just trauma putting on screen. That's not to say those stories aren't important. They absolutely were and are still, and the reason why I can tell, like, silly stories like All My Friends Are Racist is because those stories were done beforehand and sort of I guess this new generation of writers and storytellers are just get to be their cheeky selves on screen, and I love that and I love playing with that and um, just really fortunate that we get the opportunity to kind of drive that Of course, there's a long way to go because still I get pitched these like colonial stories, colonial ideas, or, you know, I'll be really honest, in the last six months I have been told to black up my dialogue, which is quite shocking by uninformed producers. But I just am very aware that we are moving in the right direction and I've I've got to hold on to that otherwise I'll just become a jaded writer and I'm not ready for that. I'll leave that to my 50s. <laughs> I'm, I'm struck by two things listening to your, your observation about how we carry story with us reminds me that we're carrying a 65,000 plus tradition of storytelling so it's no wonder it's so inherent and I can't believe I'm running out of time with you because I feel like I could just keep talking and talking (laughs) but one thing I did want to ask you that I was curious about you've spent time in LA working there and you're back in Australia now I was wondering what the experience was like for you it's always a big 
thing to go overseas and for all the things you learn, it's that thing of being somewhere that's not home and it makes you see home differently. And I was wondering from your times overseas, what have you learned about yourself in Australia? Um, that's so interesting. You, I only just got back from LA last week and it was a relief being home. Every time I go overseas, it makes me more passionate to tell Australian stories. And I totally believe that Australian stories, Indigenous stories can work everywhere universally because at our core selves, like we're human, we're driven by the the need of love. I know that sounds so, I was going to say wanky and I, I just did say wanky, sorry, but that's what we're driven by. I, my experiences in LA, I go over there basically to learn the processes of how to run a show but also meeting producers, um, networking is quite overwhelming because they're all about cultivating their image. They often have a, like 17 people in a room and I that really freaks me out because I guess I'm used to the safe space of the Australian writers' room. But I just want to learn their structure because I think there is something about the way not only how they run shows, but run writers' rooms, run the whole production. And they, I mean, let's face it, Americans are very good at running TV shows. Like that's probably 90% of shows that I watch. And so I just wanted to take those skills and bring it back to Australia and, of course, share what I learnt over there. That's writer and director Cody Bedford. She was speaking with me recently on RN's Screen Show.